Today's episode of Wine Time Fridays is brought to you by Studio 107, located in downtown Coeur d'Alene. Their upcoming events, tomorrow, July 24th, Cadence Winery from Seattle. It's a tasting from one to three for 45 bucks. And August 7th, Everly Winery from Paso Robles, one to 3 p.m. for 30 bucks. Both reservations are recommended. September 12th, it's a Riedel Sensory Experience featuring the Riedel Performance Series glasses. That's from 2 to 4 p.m. The tasting fee is $85 and reservations are required. For more information, simply visit studio107cda.com. All right, so we're thinking ostrich feathers and shoes uh, is what I've heard going Please on here. So do not say that in the middle of me taking a sip. Ostriches and blue cheese. I'm Ostrich, step away from my glass. blue cheese and shoes. Um, <laughs> all right, that's awesome. It's been a long week, right? Are you ready to wind down? Why not? It's time for the Wine Time Fridays podcast with Shelly and Phil. Neither are sommeliers, but both have a deep passion for life, each other, and delicious wine. And now, here to talk about this week over a glass of wine is Shelly and Phil. It's wine time. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Wine Time Fridays. We're going to just start right away. We've got so much going on. Um, Shelly, let's just say right now, happy Friday. Happy Friday. Remember, you're going to have to lean into the mic. It's wine time. So today is Friday, July 23rd. That was a horrible ring, by the way. Can you help me out with this? Thank you. That was, that was, that was horrid. When we have guests, we have to have, we have to have perfect wine bell rings. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we're going to switch things around a little bit. Uh, we're going to start with our wine word of the week right off the off the top. Do you know what it is? I do. I know because you've been looking at your notes. Right. Speaking of notes, that's the wine word of the week is notes. Yes, is. Do you want to talk a little bit about what it means or what the description? No. Me? Okay. <laughs> notes, when talking about wine, are referred to as the nuances in wine flavors and aroma. It includes uh, taste identification, acidity, structure, texture, and the balance of wine. Now this overall sensory examination helps identify the quality of wine. That's one way of describing notes in when you're talking about wine. Mm -hmm. But did you know, as the wine industry evolved into cultural staples of society, a descriptive, like descriptive words were started to use and it, and they started to actually take notes on the wine. That's another way of, of doing the notes. The yeah. So notes have become more precise uh, and formalized now as we've talked more about wine, but there's a third description of notes. What is it? I knew you would ask. So I, I, I have the answer right here for today's episode. It will also include how notes of wine can turn into notes of music of music and today we are happy 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 to introduce <laughs> Phil Mershon all the way from Kansas Phil welcome to wine time Fridays 
Thanks for having me here. I love that I've already learned something about wine tasting just in these first few minutes. So thank you for uh, the research you did all about notes. It's going to make my note playing even more meaningful. So I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Well, this is this has been literally a long time coming. Uh, when we have guests on the show, there are lots of variables that work in. And uh, no more variables were worked into getting a guest on than this one today. <laughs> we have been actually teasing Phil Rashawn for probably five or six months. I think so. And then, but we've been talking isn't about it for right? 10 months. <laughs> yeah. I mean, isn't it about 10 months that you were like, you know, I would love to do something like this. And we're like, we're all into it. We hard teased it last week and it almost still didn't happen because Phil, you closed on a house th- um, last week. Yeah. Well, actually, technically, we didn't close on it yet. It was supposed to happen today, and it's been delayed yet again. So oh, no. it's been talking wow. about like the show that keep get, keeps getting promised. That has been the case with our closing on the house. But the good news is we're already living in it, so it's not creating major inconvenience for us. The uh, the builder would like his money. That's that's really oh, well, what the truth of it all. I so hence <laughs> so I blame him, especially with I, I'm sure you are going through the same building materials increase uh, as yes. everybody else in the nation. I at oh, the yeah. tune of three to five times more than what the market is typically. Some, I don't know what percent he said, but I know the cost of the house went up twenty thousand dollars just because of the cost of lumber. So, wow. so whatever percent his prices went up, that's how the dollar amount that it went up. I so. think he got lucky because there are people Perhaps. that have sheets of plywood around here in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. They're like, you know what? We need a new car. Let's just sell like four sheets of plywood and we can get ourselves a new car. So that's crazy. where do you live in Kansas? I'm in Wichita, Kansas, Wichita. beer capital of the world. The, yep. the beer capital? Air capital. Air like there capital. are more planes made here than anywhere uh, in the world. Different types, small planes primarily, but even parts of Boeing's big planes are are made here. Nice, nice. I never knew that. No, see, never would have guessed that. Either. This is the yin and yang of education yeah. on One Time Fridays. We yeah. talk about notes, and now we talk about Wichita, Kansas, being the air capital of the world, which is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. How did you come up with this idea? You want to explain what we're gonna. You know what? Before we do that, have you opened your Chardonnay? Of course I have. Okay. It's ready. Okay. We would like to do a Wine Time Fridays toast so that we can actually right. start this thing. Okay. So we're going to raise a glass. Now, Phil is in, Phil Michon is in Wichita, Kansas. Phil Anderson is in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, along with Shelley Webb. We would like to raise a glass to health, wealth, and abundance, and gratitude, and romance. And peace on earth. That's right. So nothing small. Cheers. Nothing small to your giggles. To your kisses. Now, where did you come up with the idea? Do you want to explain a little bit about what we will be doing today? Because this is can pretty I, exciting. I'm not going to lie. We've had actually, multiple people ask about when are you doing this episode? What I'd like to do is actually demonstrate and then talk about it because I just Beautiful. had my first taste of that Chardonnay. And uh, tell me, tell everybody a little bit about the Chardonnay that we're tasting because that's going to help me. In what so I'm going to do. This is the Chateau Saint Jean, and I don't know what your yours is. Ours is a 2018, 17 here. Okay, I will also say 
If you're in the Coeur d'Alene area and probably almost anywhere in the nation within the next couple of weeks, this is going to be a very difficult wine to get because of the distribution channels are, they're having trouble getting it shipped. That's out of California. Out of California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not just this, but it's others. So just be aware, you may not be able to find this. So we may be drinking one of the last bottles of Chateau St. Jean here for the next month or two, but you have a bottle, we have a bottle, and we are going to uh, listen to what you're tasting in this glass. So this is what I would call a jazz tasting. I'm just going to do it and then we'll talk about it. Okay. You held the last note just long for a dramatic finish. <laughs> for a dramatic finish, you're so good bringing the words in. Well, but yes. I, so, um, <laughs> I hadn't even so thought about that. But I'll, true. I'll give you context and then I'll explain some of what I was doing. So, back in about 2012, 2011 and 2012, I was playing a lot of gigs. And one of the uh, gigs that I was playing was for a wine bar. And I was sitting out in the patio one time and I said, you know what? It'd be kind of fun to get a glass of wine and just play whatever comes to mind. And I had a guy playing with me and we tried it and said, that was kind of fun. And so that was the creation of this idea in my mind called jazz tasting of tasting something. And I've done it with cheese. I've done it with art, actually, visual tasting, if you will. Um, but primarily with wine, I, cheese was not such a great idea because it gets stuck in your saxophone. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it with milk learned. either. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did it because I was at whole foods and they thought it was a really cool idea and it did get thousands of views when I did it for them. But, um, yeah, the idea was there's a multi-sensory experience going on whenever you're tasting something, whenever you're doing music and can you bring more of these things together? And so, I've done it, you know, probably a couple dozen times over the years. I thought it was this really cool added uh, thing that I could bring to gigs. It turns out that restaurants aren't that interested because unless it gets people to spend money, they're not very interested. It was they're like, oh, that sounds really cool. We'll give you a glass of wine and you can do it, but it didn't really change their revenue. Um, I've not had the chance to do it at a party yet, although I did do it at Social Media Marketing World. Um, what, three or four years ago in the lobby of the Hyatt where an artist was with me and then a gal worked for a winery up in Northern California. So she brought the wine, the artist and I both took tasted the wine and created interactively 
in the moment, which was a very cool moment. Um, we actually, it was a long moment. We just kept on playing and playing and playing and she kept drawing and it, it became all about more than just the wine at that point. And then all of a sudden became this interactivity. So that was kind of the idea behind it uh, was taste something and, and play back my own reaction to it. And that could be what I'm literally tasting or even as you described the wine, there were things that were going through my head as I thought about chateaus and I thought about St. St. Jean. And then, you know, my mind starts to wander and those things begin to factor in. So if I were to taste the same wine tomorrow, based on what was happening at that given moment, I would probably have a different response um, than I did just now. So that's, that's a little bit of the background. So uh, this party that you're talking about down at social media marketing world, which is where we met you, uh, Shelly right. and I have uh, volunteered there for two or three years. We didn't last year because there was no conference last year. Not in person. Uh, what? Yeah, that's right. There was virtual. Is there going to be an in-person in 2022? You know, God willing, you know, COVID not taking over the world again, we are planning for a conference in March of 2022. Well, news from the 16th is that California, at least LA is saying, doesn't matter if you've been vaccinated, we're going to get the mask mandate back in. So who knows what's really going to happen. Yeah, I, I heard in there might, Northern yeah. California, that's true as well. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I was going to say that party that you're talking about is like the night before the conference actually starts on the in-person conference, right? Where people come together. They've yes. had, uh, gosh, what do we have? Frog's Leap. Was it Frog's Leap? We had that. Yes, it was. One year. Years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you have some wines there and just people kind of mix and mingling, getting to know each other, getting to know each other as attendees, as uh, well as us as volunteers and as staff and as the speakers Speaker. will show up as well. Mm -hmm kind of creating uh, relationships. Uh, I don't remember hearing you play. The first time I remember hearing you play, I think was 2019 with the band on stage. I'm like, look, looking up there, I think that's Phil Marchand on horns. And lo and behold, it was. So, and it's not just blowing a few notes out. It, you're knocking it out. And that little jazz riff uh, there are a lot of great jazz scales in there. Um, people get the wrong idea about jazz. Uh, Shelly's not a huge fan of the jazz that goes. Right. Uh, right. And I, and I can take that for small bits um, more on a piano than maybe a horn, but that's because I'm a, a piano player, but um, tell us why people misunderstand jazz Ooh, that's a this is the question, question out left field isn't it <laughs> yeah well I to taste my wine. and i don't think there's i don't think there's one answer to that because as you already hinted there's different kinds of jazz and jazz is a large genre but when you hear the word jazz you probably hear a more defined type so you just described the fast moving you know that's bebop um that is a type of jazz that is not all of jazz. When my kids hear the word jazz, they think mom and dad have smooth jazz on and they're shutting the door. That's a different kind of jazz. <laughs> um, smooth jazz. Right, exactly. 98.3. <laughs> Precisely. Or there's, you know, there's all kinds of combinations or Brazilian jazz. So um, jazz as a genre 
is probably misunderstood because people don't understand the, the musicality that is involved to understand how to bring these different forms together and that most of what is being played has not ever been played before and will not be played again. So that's the improvisational nature of it. And so right. it, it requires it. I mean, smooth jazz and contemporary jazz, not so much. Those are a lot more about the rhythms and the riffs and um, there's things that have been rehearsed. Yeah. Yeah. That that's been more rehearsed and more produced, but you know, the traditional jazz where you're talking about standards or bebop or even Latin jazz, at least in its more traditional sense the only thing that has been rehearsed is what's called the head, which is the tune, which many times is a vocal song that is now being interpreted instrumentally, or you may even have a vocalist sing it. But then from that moment on, it becomes its own song because now the musicians are interpreting it and changing it and playing with it and making it something that's their own for that moment in time. And so, you know, depending on the musician, they could be incorporating all kinds of stuff, the things that they've been listening to recently, the things they've been reading, the experience that they're having right there. They're watching things go on in the audience. There's so many factors that can play into it. And that's what's interesting to me is I can play a gig in the same venue with the same guys four weeks in a row, and none of the four gigs will be the same, even if we had the same set list. Even right. if the set list was exactly the same, what we're feeling, how we're experiencing the songs is going to be different each time. And so to me, that's what's beautiful about jazz. You know, some people don't like that because they want it to always sound like what they heard on the radio. Can't you just do it the way you did back at that concert in, you know, 95 like, and a true it? jazz musician <laughs> that will drive them nuts. It will drive them nuts because they want to create something fresh and new. But so I think that's part of why it's maybe misunderstood or um, not appreciated. I'm not I'm with you. I don't enjoy listening to bebop or some of the fast moving intricate jazz unless I'm in a place where I can focus. Right. And yeah. That's a really that's good sitting in a club. Exactly. Exactly. It's so frenetic. I think that's what gets me. It can be for sure. Um, personally, I love jazz. What are some of your jazz influences? So more recently, I've definitely been listening to a lot more Michael Brecker, Eric Marienthal, mm -hmm. um, Kirk Whalum. But in terms of like old school, it would be more Coltrane, Miles Davis. He was obviously not a saxophonist, but I, I probably Coltrane and Wayne Shorter um, to the, you know, Shorter still around, but he's been playing for a long time. Uh, Stan Getz mm -hmm. to a lesser degree, but I still enjoy listening to him. So, yeah. yeah how about you? Listen to the Brecker brothers. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Not as much. I you know, it's, it's so sad that Michael passed away a few years ago, but because he left such a legacy and had so much more in him. That would be an indicator that we're about to move on to the Pinot Noir. Uh, uh -oh. So I am a co-host of another podcast called The Greatest Song You Never Heard Podcast. And uh, both the, myself and my co-host partner alternate driving the episodes to where I will bring a song, present it audio form only with lyric sheet, no title, no artist. And we listen to it. The other person hears it for the first time, presumably. And I'm really, really thinking strongly about pulling out a Brecker Brothers song. It's a frenetic one, but it's a very cool tune. Anyway, uh, we are. Okay. So that was the Chateau St. Michel. Excuse me. 
Thank Jean. I did this last Thank week you. too. Oh, by the way, I have to make amends for last week. Last week, I said my sister's birthday <laughs> was was last Friday. It was a month ago. Ago. A month ago. <laughs> I did call her, so it wasn't as if I didn't call her, but mm-hmm. I forgot. I thought I was. You said this today. It feels still like June. It sort of does. And then we're almost in September. It's weird. <laughs> Not that. <laughs> so the Chateau Saint Jean, mm-hmm. typically around twelve bucks, and typically you can find it almost anywhere. Maybe today is not going to be an easy time to find it, but it will come back. We're going we're gonna to get, get back to normal. We're about to open a La Crema Pinot Noir from Sonoma Coast. We have, Phil, a 2018. What do you have? I, as well, have a 2018. Not a great sound. should play music <laughs> to that sound. It's part of the music. Love it. This is what really sucks about having you be all the way in Wichita, Kansas, and we're all the way here in North Idaho. We can't physically toast you, but we can raise a glass and say to your giggles. Cheers. Cheers. Salut. Well, this does smell like a Pinot. Mm-hmm. I would hope so. Do you know anything special about this wine in the winery? So all three wines that we are going to be having tonight are not complicated wines. They're very reasonably priced. This you're going to find between 18, 20 bucks. Uh, La Crema makes three or four different Pinot Noirs from various places, Russian River, Sonoma, uh, Monterey. And so, uh, of course, the terroir is going to be a little different, but these wines are not overly complicated. Uh, they're also good value because they're decent wines. And so we wanted to try to get our main hope was to get wines that you could get and we could get. So we're tasting the same wines. And so we picked some quality, easy to get wines that uh, aren't going to break the bank. Right. This is about $20 price point. Yeah. That's pretty good for a Pinot Noir. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're not getting into each so, and every specific one, like the winery tonight, because it's it's really about the the tying in of the juice to the music. And so, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. All right. Well, I'm going to play and I might get you to talk about it after I play and play again, because that's part of the interactivity here. Um, but I want to play my own first initial reaction to it and then. It might change as I listen to you guys talk about your experience of the wine. Because this one definitely has more going on than the Chardonnay did. Um, so the Chardonnay was pretty simple. This one's not super complex, but it definitely has some interesting notes, if you will. Uh, what genre are you leaning towards on this one? Jazz. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving this um, more and more. <laughs> I don't think you're going to say um, country because I don't hear a lot of Saxon country music. So... Because I don't there, listen to a lot of country music. Definitely, definitely more rare. Um, no, what, what can be interesting is when I have other musicians and we can actually pick a genre. Playing by myself, I've kind of got to just stick with whatever comes out of my horn. Mm-hmm. But this, this has a light, um, kind of strong, it's not like super bold, but it's got a light uh 
metallic sort of feel to it. So it's got an edge. Yes. It's um, it's making me feel higher tones is what, what I'm feeling as I'm experiencing it. Um, you know, the name actually makes me think though, a little bit of thickness, you know, the, the idea of cream meeting something light. Um, so it's got some airiness to it, it, but it's, it definitely hit me hard as soon as I tasted it. So it didn't take very long for the note to develop. So, um, those are going to be some thoughts that strike me right away. So and I'm going to probably go more major than minor this time. <laughs> guess the key on that i did end up going minor i couldn't help it it was b minor for me so it'd be a minor in concert or c you know depending on how you're listening to it so it was more modal but it definitely had more of a minor <laughs> mode as i kept on going so what, what did you guys taste i would just i'd love to hear what you experienced as you tasted this wine the first time sour Put cherries some words to it sour cherries, sour cherries okay yeah that's what I get. When you said metallic, I'm like, oh, I get that on the finish. Yeah. I definitely feel the sourness. I, I'm with you there. There's yeah, a little, cherry for sure. A little smoke, Good. just a little smoky. Mm -hmm. Some tannins. Yeah. A little raspberry. Yep. little raspberry. I mean, it smells like a pinot and tastes like a pinot. So I'm thinking it must be a pinot says that on the label too. So <laughs> hope it is. <laughs> All right. So this is going to be sour cherries. This will be the, the new song called sour cherries. <laughs> let's go. Let's pick a different key. Uh, so I don't go the same place. See um, with the, so let me ask you this before you start with the sax player. As long as you know your scales, it, I mean, the, it's like with a guitar player, sometimes, you know, chords can be really tough in certain keys. Piano players don't like E flat scales and A flat scales and things like this. Uh, how about a horn player? Oh, there's definitely keys I enjoy more than others. And what would typically those be? the more sharps and typically the more sharps and flats that there are, the less I like them because they don't fit as naturally. It requires me to use the keys on the side more. Um, so you know. F sharp or G flat, depending on how you want to look at it, is not one of my favorite keys. Uh, B major is not necessarily one of my favorites. But, you know, like you said, 
when you've been playing for a long time, you've learned your skills, they all become familiar and comfortable and you just work your way around it. So um, we're going to do sour cherries, which sour does imply that it needs to be minor, doesn't it? It does. It needs to go. It needs to go back and forth from major to minor. But you can resolve like the, it in major. Yeah. And if I was if you were playing that. with me, we could do the Picardy third at the end and just kind of fix that. But um, but I, I want to bring a little bit more of the metallic edge to it this time. So Sour Cherries uh, version one. <laughs> <laughs> your resolution <laughs> there it was. Had to bring it in a good wine lingers so you don't want to cut that finish off too quickly which is why some of those flavors needed to be repeated um a few times so okay nice i like that so typically at this time of the episode <clears throat> we hear a little music in our head and that brings us to our mid role sponsor. Since Studio 107 is sponsoring the entire episode today, I'm wondering, Phil, can you play us in and play us out? There's a song that I I just feel like I should play, The Days of Wine and Roses. Beautiful. So leading into our special Studio 107, is Phil Marchand going to lead us into that? Thank you, Phil. If you're looking for a place to wind down in a friendly and inviting atmosphere, Studio 107 in the heart of downtown Coeur d'Alene is the place to go. Studio 107 features award-winning wines, craft beer, fine art, custom jewelry, delicious tapas, and live music. Hosting a party? Make Studio 107 your choice for your next special event or private party. Studio 107 will work with you to create a fun, unique, and personalized evening of wine tasting. And take your wine enthusiasm and knowledge to another level by joining our Studio 107 Wine Club. Our wine club brings you exciting and exclusive wines from sellers around the world. You'll have access to exclusive Club 107 tastings and special events with winemakers from amazing wineries monthly, as well as receive additional discounts on wine and jewelry. At Studio 107, we believe that small towns deserve great wines too. We invite you to join us in our wine bar and gallery for an afternoon or evening escape, or visit studio107cda.com for more information. (laughs) 
Thank you very much. Welcome back to Wine Time Fridays. That was beautiful. That is freaking awesome. You know, I've always wanted to to do with the, all the talk shows, the nighttime talk shows. They do that, and they have the band kick up something, and it goes into commercial break, and they come back, and they're just finishing up. That's what we just did, and that's awesome. Uh, do you have a question for Phil while I'm opening this? Yes. When you were well, how long have you been playing? And then what made you choose the sax as your instrument of choice? So I started, I went to music classes when I was in first grade. And at the end of the year of learning, you know, basic keyboard skills and recorder, they said, well, now what instrument do you want to play? And it was being held in the music store. And I went in and I looked at all those musicians or music instruments. And the one that stood out to me, was this black instrument and I was staring at it and the music store owner came up to me and said, do you know what that's called? And I said, no. And he said, it's called a licorice stick and it was a clarinet. Mm-hmm. And when he called it a licorice stick and I'm in second grade, I'm like, I love licorice. That sounds great. And I heard some people play. So I started on clarinet. Funny story is within a couple of months, my teacher fired me because I was second in second grade and couldn't stay focused. Yeah, it was a little early, but I begged my mom after about three weeks said, I will do whatever it takes. Please, please, please beg him to give me a second chance. And he did. There were some you know, requirements put on me, but I did. And I ended up sticking with it. And when I was in about seventh grade, somewhere in sixth or seventh grade, he invited me to start playing saxophone too, because transition from clarinet to sax is very smooth uh, for most. And so, um, and saxophone is a lot easier. So I began playing both all the way through junior high and high school. And in college, they didn't need me on clarinet in the band. They needed me on saxophone. And then they didn't have a jazz band. And I said, we've got to have a jazz band. So that was the year where I pretty much dropped clarinet and became a saxophonist. I still can play clarinet, but I haven't played in years. And it's usually now just if someone needs me to double it for a music theater show. And I haven't done one of those in four years, probably. So I'm now I would just consider myself a saxophonist. We know. And I won't say how many years that's been. That, no, that would you don't be unfair. have to do that. <laughs> Let's just go with uh, a few. A few. Yeah, that's right. More, more than a decade. <laughs> <laughs> Shelly's in the Blazing Divas, the Blazing Divas, sorry. And what are they? They're women of a certain age yeah. that are high precision. <laughs> sorry. They're We're precision. Precision, precision dance dancing. team. Not, not there sorry. we go. There's not your exclamation precision. point on that. What? We're going to insert the next wine. It's <laughs> the last one from Alamos. It's a Malbec 2019. And... We will find out from Phil. <laughs> That's so fun. Ours is 2019. We'll f- see what Phil's is. This is going to be a little bigger, a little dirtier, I think. Definitely dirtier. Phil, what year is your Alamos Malbec? It is also a 2019. We did uh, at my store. It was on special. 
so I see you have listed $12. They had it going for $8. That's awesome. Um, nice. So, yep. yeah. So that's, and the lady said, it's, a, it's still a good choice. 91 points. On, I mean, it's so fun to get these. Look at the color of the difference, though. This is very dark versus the Pinot, which is very light. Much more opaque also. So Phil is pouring I think there's a lot of tannins in this one. I would call this a headache wine. <laughs> we haven't even tasted it. It's a headache wine. <laughs> um, this is more what I would normally drink somewhere in this range. A little bigger, huh? Yep. Giggles. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. I have to be careful doing that over the computer. <laughs> yeah. It's very good now. Mm. Wow. That is dirty. Smoky. Mm -hmm. Dirty. Earthy. I can hear you go with a little Coltrane on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I got some dark raspberries, dark cherries. Yes, dark, dark everything. Dark yep. Yeah. Boysenberries. It's blackberries. Mm -hmm. All those dark berries. All those dark berries. Yeah, it's got, it definitely has a dark feel, um, but still sweet. Still sweet. Still sweet. But not, not blueberries. Really sweet. It's, no. um, <laughs> It fills the mouth a whole mm. lot more than either of the other two did. The other two kind of were there, and then they passed through. This is sticking around. Um, kind of this one makes its presence known right when you yeah. sip yeah, it. Yeah, definitely has a long finish. <laughs> it's not overwhelming. No. It's not, it's not overpowering. Well, I could do Coltrane, but I pulled my Alto out, so that doesn't uh, lead me to want to play Coltrane. I'm feeling a little Stan Getz kind. Ooh, <laughs> nice. Not that we're going to play somebody else's song. That's not my style when I'm doing jazz tasting. I so that, that feels like I'm cheating is to play somebody else's song in the moment, although that is a form that you could do. I, I like to make my own thing. But, but you can do it in the style of, because mm -hmm. all of these musicians have their own style. It's so funny because we're doing this on Zoom so we can see him play. And uh, that last note, his eyes were looking up and we we're like, yeah. something else? <laughs> it's like, 
Well, that's what I was thinking is that's it really, that wasn't the right way to end that expression. I was like, eh, well, take one. No, but it's interesting. (laughs) Sometimes songs that end when you don't think they, it's like a movie, a book, songs that end that in, in a place you had no idea was coming. Obviously, if you heard the song over and over, then you know. But that first time you hear it, and the song ends and you're hanging literally on the note. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's I'm, I'm good. Yeah. It's like you're in a conversation and you're talking about something and you said, you know, I just made my point. I'm going to stop. Nice shoes. Got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Love your shoes. Got to go. <laughs> Have you heard that term? Hopefully you haven't no, heard that term. Um, Hopefully you've only said that term. Shelly, you want to explain that really quick? It's just a way to get out of a conversation, especially for women, because they have wow, nice different shoes. shoes. So you just say, love your shoes, got to go. <laughs> We've been watching Apple TV and HBO Max through my phone on our TV. One of the shows I bought from Apple 11 years ago is a uh, it's called Spectacle with uh, Elvis Costello as a host, Elton John's producer. And Elvis Costello brought someone on, Diana Krall, but he didn't feel like it would be appropriate for him to interview his wife. So he had Elton John interview Diana Krall. And one of the things she said when she got into listening to music was when she kind of transitioned to jazz, was the one, excuse me, the two, five, one chord. And Shelly said, what is the two, five, one chord? And I'm like, I can only play it. I can't explain it. Am I even close? Well, and (laughs) well, two, five, one is actually a chord pattern, not to correct you on air, but perfect. um, No, that's good. So yeah. So if think about it like this, because if you know, at least your basic chords in the key of C, then the two chord is a D minor. The five is your G chord and the one is C. Gotcha. So it is the most fundamental pattern in jazz music. And it's the first pattern that they teach you to improvise over because everything else kind of relates back to the two, five, one. And when you're, you're looking at a chart, you're looking for any place that you see a two, five, one, you know, patterns that you can play over that because you've learned them and you know what notes are in common between those three. Now I'm totally lost. The two, five, one is a, um, that's a progression, right? So D that's minor progression, G major, C D minor, G major, C major. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. My yep. little head is about most, to explode. In most cases, they'll leave the seventh note of that in there as well, which makes those chords a lot more interesting. And the more extra notes they add, the more color there is, which, you know, we're probably losing your audience completely right now because Shelly is, <laughs> I can tell, it's not the no, actually, conversations. I was thinking <laughs> How about, about those shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about ostriches because I thought, well, that would be something to introduce. Malbec is a good wine to pair with ostrich if you happen to eat that ostrich yes how did you come up with ostrich just some research i've seen that's funny but also a a blue cheese omelet it's or a souffle would go really well with the malbec that sounds really good right now (laughs) okay wow not the ostrich 
Like the blue cheese omelet does. <laughs> it's funny when I played it at the That's church. Hilarious. I would finish some songs. I'd throw a seventh in there, and and Todd Hornby, who wrote the theme music for Wine Time Fridays, would look at me and like, no, that's two seventies. <laughs> yeah, it kind of depends. Depends on the song if that's appropriate or not. But I like a good major seven. I'm a blues a guy. I love major sevens. Uh, yeah, that's funny. So, do you want to revisit this musically? This Malbec? All right. So we're thinking ostrich feathers and <laughs> shoes uh, is what I've heard going Please on here. So do not say that in the middle of me taking a sip. <laughs> Ostriches and blue cheese. I'm Ostrich step away from my glass. Blue cheese and shoes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's awesome. <laughs> shoes you know it's funny because you actually instead of um <clears throat> you you bent that note up at at that end i kept climbing the ladder i just you can get got there good <laughs> also funny that that reminded me of disneyland's fantasia and i think there's a dancing ostrich in it of course there is <laughs> Of course there is. I mean, I was picturing something something. dancing. That's awesome. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Um, We do want to say that Sunday is National Wine and Cheese Day. Yeah. We just had wine tonight. We didn't have cheese because they get stuck in the horn. And then you have to take (laughs) the whole horn apart and clean everything out, which is not fun. I am going to talk about a little, a, a few of the wines that we had this week. Okay. Isn't a lot. Thank goodness. Yeah. We had a, uh, <laughs> ironically enough, a Le Crema Chardonnay. True. We had one of those. And then those four Bordeaux that we had in that virtual tasting with Shelly, can you read those? Uh, no. Cuvée de Roy Duc de Belois. Um, that was a Marseillaise. So we're oh, sorry. We're going this way. There you go. <laughs> Uh, Le Canon's 2017 Chateau Belois. And then also from Chateau Belois, La Legend, 2050. Yep. And then the Grand Vin. Oh, Grand Vin. Sorry. Canon Francac. 2016. That was the $200 bottle is what they sell. 
Yeah. That's amazing. Next week, there's a really good chance. But I know how these things can work. <laughs> so I'm not guaranteeing anything. We have Jody Elsom of Elsom Sellers. Uh, that's going to be on as a guest, back-to-back guests. Uh, Phil, are you a sports fan? I am. Number 66. Even I know Mario Lemieux. <laughs> well, so, yes, number 66 is Mario Lemieux. Uh, NHL. NHL. What are your yes. go-to sports, Phil? Um, I grew up playing tennis competitively, so that's definitely one. I love watching the Grand Slams in particular. I enjoy basketball, mostly college, but I've been getting more into the NBA recently. I definitely enjoy football, both college and professional. Um, and your team? those are probably my big, big ones. Oh, teams! I'm you know Chiefs, Royals, Kansas City uh, teams oh, in football and and uh, baseball. So if if I watch baseball, it's because the Royals are doing well. If they're not doing well, I don't really care. Uh, in basketball, I kind of more in college, it's Wichita State. Like that's, I'm a diehard Wichita State fan. But when it gets to the pros, it's it's more based on players the and shockers. who's interesting to watch. The Shockers. Oh, you were shockers. right. Wichita State what Shockers. A, what a shocking thing. Uh, so, one other, so we try to mark each episode with a, with a jersey number that people know. Uh, Mario Lemieux, number 66. Um, obviously with Pittsburgh for what the whole time, right? And then Ray Nitschke, another Green Bay guy. I know the name. Yeah, Ray Nitschke. Um, anything else we want to bring up? Phil, do you have any parting shots? Do you have any parting notes? I'll, I'll give you some parting notes. Nice little uh, mashup there. Remind me of SNL for some reason. Really? Uh, real quick, Shelley, can you tell us what we've got coming up in the next few weeks other than Jody Elsom? Albarino dates. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> nice summer days. So August 1st through 5th. We get five Albarino days. Five, but we get a whole month of rosé. So Why wouldn't you want a whole month of rosé? Yeah. Rosé all month. Rosé all day, all month. <laughs> We've got Sam Doyle, Wine Library, going to be here in August. But he's not bringing Gary V. No Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, Phil, do you know Gary Vaynerchuk? I've 
bit. Well, I wouldn't say I am like friends, but we've met. He spoke at our conference. We had a picture taken together. Doesn't that mean we're besties? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it does. Me and about 10,000 other people probably. (laughs) So uh, real quick backstory. We have booked Sam Doyle, who works at Wine Library. Wine Library is the uh, wine store that Gary helped his family build. And uh, so Gary and Sam every month with the Gary V wine club, do a little video on each wine that they send, which is really helpful. It is really fun. Yeah. We'll pull a bottle up from downstairs and uh, we'll watch them drink through it as we do the first few tastes. So it's a lot of fun. Mm. He's going to be a guest in August and we're going to talk about the Gary V wine club, wine text, Cinderella, uh, seller text, wine library. There's a, slew of different properties they hard to believe but gary really directed them very well in terms of building an empire there in new jersey so that will be a lot of fun um anything else shelly i don't think so i have to be careful because she's gonna get her hand on that bill and then i don't get to say what i want to say at the end phil do you have any last thoughts that you want to share with us yeah i think um you know a takeaway for me from today is if you learn to pay attention to what you're tasting and know how to define it and categorize it, it makes your conversation more interesting, your experience more interesting, but also life. So I think, you know, wine tasting is all about learning to know what to pay attention to and then how to describe what you're experiencing and then going beyond that. Um, And I think, too often in life, we don't pay attention well enough or to the right things. So mm-hmm. maybe a life lesson is pay attention, but then also enjoy. Just, yeah. you know, if you don't, can't describe it, it's okay just to enjoy it and say, you know what? I like it or I don't yeah. like it. But if you can say, I like it because, or I don't like it because it's better. And then, but you don't have to be a wine snob or you don't have to be a conversation snob to have a lot of fun in life and to make a lot of impact. And so that's, you know, there'd be plenty of people who would criticize what I played tonight, but no No. one can say I didn't experience what I did. Um, That that wasn't my experience. And that to me is a great lesson in life is express yourself given who you are in the moment and no one can take that from you. Perfect. I talked to my sister Janine today and she says she's reading a Brene Brown book about it's okay to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Don't judge yourself. And <clears throat> how true is that, right? I mean, this is coming from the heart and the heart is rarely wrong. True. And as Shelley says, live in the present. I would like to say thank you, Phil, very much for joining us today. This has been um, a treat. This is not this did not uh this met every level of expectation and then and then some yeah so this is fantastic what a great idea i'm glad we got to make this work thank you very much and i wanted to just say with a little bit of knowledge wine becomes a lot less overwhelming and with a little bit of knowledge music becomes a little less overwhelming and hopefully you learned a little bit about both today yeah we'll see you next week thanks for joining us today Looking for a place that you can enjoy a quiet conversation over a glass of wine from an amazing wine list without breaking the bank? 
Studio 107 is the place for you. At Studio 107, we have a new selection of wines chosen each week for tasting by the flight or by the glass, as well as a unique collection of bottles from wineries around the world. For our beer-loving friends, we offer a terrific selection of micro-brews, too. At Studio 107, your downtown Coeur d'Alene wine bar and gallery, we believe small towns still deserve great wines. Visit Studio107CD8.com for more information. Thank you for spending part of your day to wind down with Shelly and Phil. Remember, you can listen to any episode of the Wine Time Fridays podcast by visiting winetimefridays.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And join us on our Wine Time Fridays Facebook page, Instagram, or on Twitter, which is at Vintage Tweets, for daily conversation. Until next week, here's our toast to you. To health, wealth, abundance, gratitude, peace on earth, and of course, romance.